You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We're in for a treat tonight. Brother Harold, thank you so much for coming, and we're looking forward to hearing you preach. Come on, brother. Let's get our Bibles ready, and you listen to the preacher tonight on here. I'm on central time, so I got a long time to preach. I, my, my people said, preach as long as you want to, but we're leaving when it's time for us to go home. So I said, okay. There's a guy in our church. He says, pastor, you're going to preach that five hour message today. And I always threaten him, you know, and I said, you know, the guy's name's Danny. And I say, Danny, an hour into it, you're going to be sound asleep. So you wouldn't even know, but it's been a joy to be with you and your pastor and uh, your, some of your staff and, and seeing Young people, well, say they used to be young people. They're not young people anymore, neither am I. But uh, I do dye my hair to make myself look older. And, um, I, I, you know, when you finally hit 39, you think, you know, some people don't respect, you don't think you're mature enough. So I, I spilt it. I got too much. But uh, anyway, but I, I'm thankful to be here. This is such wonderful people. You're easy to preach to. Uh, I, I've been to a few churches, not many, but I, I've been to a few churches where, I mean, you just... You know, it's, there's unity, but they're all frozen together. And uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that, that's not, uh, that's a difficult thing. You say something funny, or you say something that's supposed to be funny, okay? And, uh, and, and you laugh, and I, 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 I remember I was preaching somewhere, I won't, I won't name the state, but uh, it's not in the South, how about that? But, uh, uh, and by, by the way, I married somebody from the North. Any Northerners here? Northerners here, you can admit it. You know, God, God can forgive you for any sin. And uh, my wife's from Minnesota. The North met the South. We've been having the Civil War ever since. But uh, I, I remember that, I, I, I told my, I mean my funny, I put, man, the, this, this would make anybody laugh. And it was just like, I was like, whoa. We're in for trouble here. I said, well, let's just go to the Bible here. But they finally warmed up about three days later, but uh, it, you're easy to preach too. You, you just got, there's just such a warm spirit here, and you tell you love the Lord, you love your pastor, your pastor loves you, and all of you love God. Man, what, what, what do you, what's better than that? I mean, what, what does anybody in the world have uh, that we don't have, and we got all the blessings, and praise the Lord for that, and that's great that they're taking on the new missionaries, and I, I, I love to see churches do that. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I mean, the blessings are in the giving. I, well, get, get all that extra money. I was thinking about that, and I, I know it's not my church. I really don't have a lot to say so, but I was either thinking, you know, I noticed this side of the building needs leveling and maybe raise that just a little bit or get new robes for the choir. Those are the two things I was thinking of. <laughs> Y'all see that Andy Griffith, the Andy Griffith show where they were voting on that in church? But uh, I, some of those guys would look cute in those robes. I just, I think that's just something y'all just think about. I'm not telling you what to do, but maybe pray about that. But uh, anyway, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter one. I, I'm going to uh, preach a simple message tonight. And the main reason I'm doing that is because that's the only kind of message I know how to preach. But, but I'm going to, I'm going to preach a message and give you a message tonight. I, I think it, it just, just uh, three words that I, I think we need in life to succeed. Very simple. In fact, I can almost promise you, you will never forget the message. Not that it's a great message or anything like that, but I mean, you'll never forget uh, 
not only the title of the message, but you'll never forget all the points. Now, I can't even remember what I preached this morning, hardly, much less last week. And uh, somebody said, oh, it was a good pre- message you preached last week, Pastor. Oh, thank you. What was it? Uh, you know the one about, oh, yeah, which one was that? But um, this is one that you'll remember, and it's, it's a simple, simple truth, a simple message, but I hope it'll be a blessing to you. Let's begin reading Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, all the saints in Christ Jesus, who are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all, he, he was a southerner, he said you all, and um, he didn't say you guys, he said you all, but uh, always making remembrance of you, and, and, and for always making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, bless the message this evening. I pray that I, I just, I want to be a blessing and I pray that I will be to this pastor, his family, the staff, the, the, the members of this church. And I pray that, and others that might be listening, and I pray that you would use uh, a simple truth tonight to just drive home in our hearts and encourage us and, and spur us on for greater things for thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The name of the message, he said here um, that he's going to be with us. Uh, he hath begun a good work in us, and he's going he's to perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's with us from the start. To the finish. The title of my message tonight is Start to Finish. I want to make sure you remember that. So, what's the title of my message? Start to Finish. Say it again. Start to Finish. That's the title of my message. Now, point number one. Point number one, Start to Finish. Okay, the title of my message is what? And point number one is... Man, we're going good. I think we're going to do it. I think we're going to make it. And what I mean by that is you got to start if you ever expect to finish. You know, it's amazing how many things we intend to do. Good things. And, you know, we all have projects. And, and uh, in the South, uh, a lot you see old cars in the yard and sometimes in the garage or something. And, and sometimes it's a project. Man, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fix this car up. Maybe you go by there and say, hey, I see your old car. They're interested in saying, oh, no, 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 I, I'm going to fix it up. And I uh, said, well, uh, when did you start on it? 25 years ago. And, and they intend to do it, but they just never got started. You know, you can't finish something if you don't start it. Now think about it in your life. Maybe there's things, and, and you can apply this to so many. You can apply this to every, every area of your life. But think about your spiritual life. What is it in your spiritual life that you say, I mean, you'll hear a sermon, your pastor will preach a sermon, you say, you know what, I need to start doing that. That, that, boy, that, that's, boy, that spoke to my heart. Maybe you came to an altar and said, oh God, God, by your help, by your grace, I'm going to get started, I'm going to start doing that, boy, you're all gung-ho, I'm going to get started. And you walk out the door thinking, man, I can't wait to get started. And that was a sermon you heard two years ago. You're still thinking about starting it, but you haven't started it yet. What is it in your Christian life 
that you need to do, you intend to do, you want to do, or you know God wants you to do, and you say, you know what, I, I, I really need to do that. But you haven't started yet. Do you know you're never going to finish it? Because you can't finish it if you don't start it. You have to start in order to finish. What is it in your marriage? Oh, yeah, boy, there's something. I, I, I need to be better at this, and I need to work harder at that. And, and, and boy, maybe you got convicted sometime. You heard something about it, and you said, man, I, I just, th this is something I know God wants me to do. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better wife, or I need to be a better son or daughter, or a better parent. And I know there's some things I can do, and I, I really need to get going on that. I, I, and you fully intend to, and you meant to, and you mean to. Maybe today you say, oh, yeah, I'm planning. Th this is the week, man. I'm getting started on that. But if you don't ever start it, you're never going to finish it. You have to start in order to finish. It's amazing how many people, you know, I wonder how many of us will get to heaven and we'll be at the judgment seat of Christ. And I don't think it's going to be this way. Say, well, Lord, let me explain a few things. Now, that, oh, yeah, I was going to do that, but, you know, this came up. We're not going to do that, okay? It's not going to be like that. We do it now. When we stand before God, we're not going to be saying, yeah, yeah, let me explain that to you, Lord. We're not going to be doing that. I guarantee you we're not. And, but how many people plan to do something and want to do something, and when we get to heaven, the Lord said, how come you never did that? And, and I don't want it to be then that I realize I should have started. I was never able to accomplish this thing in my life. I was never able to really improve my marriage. I knew what I needed to do, or at least I knew what I needed to do to kind of move myself in the right direction. And I, and I meant to, and I wanted to, and I knew I should, and I got busy, and life got busy, and I just never got started. Are you going to go throughout your life intending to do something, wanting to do something, but never accomplishing it and never finishing it because you never started? When I was in high school, in fact, my wife and I were at this, uh, the other day on, on Friday, we... Um, we like to go out on Friday nights, Cracker Barrel, chase guys in the, in the parking lots of service stations, things like that. This is kind of our typical Friday night. But uh, everybody in my church, if I said, what's my favorite food? Everybody in my church knows it's pizza. And we got a pizza place in Murray called Matt B's. Uh, Matt Bartholomew, we went to high school together, and he, ma he makes the best pizzas in the world. I mean, you can grab a piece on the table and you can lift it up this high. You can climb up in the chair and stand up. And the cheese is still stretching, man. I mean, oh, my soul. And uh, we went by and picked up one of those at Matt B's. And we went to the, the college here. There's an arboretum there. It's just like a big park. And we went there. And my wife and I sat down. And we ate Matt B's pizza. I mean, we, it was like we died and went to heaven. And I said, we got on the way back. I said, you got just a little bit of room for Dairy Queen? She goes, oh, I don't think so. I'll get a dilly bar for later. I said, I'm getting something now. What if the Lord were to come back? There are no Dairy Queens in heaven. At least I don't know there are. This may be my last opportunity. I need to take advantage of that, that we stopped by the Dairy Queen. And I was sitting there with my wife, and, 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 and I said, right over there is where this happened. And what happened was, when I was in high school, I worked at Dairy Queen. It was my first real job. And I was 16 years old. And uh, I, I'd also, for, for previous years, I, I took karate. And I actually got a black belt karate. Some of you may not believe me, but that's black. That's a black belt. But, but, but I, I did. And, and, and 
So uh, I kind of had a reputation. I, never, I, was, I was not one that wanted to fight or anything like that, but I kind of got a reputation in school of, and there's a karate guy. This guy knows karate. I never had to, I never had to use it. But um, and I was coming out of Dairy Queen late, late one night. I was carrying the trash out, and I was walking out, and I see uh, this big shadow, this big black hawk of a guy. And I mean, he made Mike Tyson look anorexic. This guy was just, he didn't even have a neck. He was just, and I start walking out. He goes, hey, man. I said, yeah. He goes, you're that karate guy, aren't you? I said, well, you know, I've taken karate. He goes, you think you're pretty tough, don't you? I said, no, I don't. I said, if you're really tough, you'll fight me right now. I said, no, man, I don't want to fight. I said, he said, fight me right now. I thought, oh, Lord. Man, that guy could have, whoo, he could have. Take me up and just throw me all over here and just flop me all around. And I remember my dad telling me, son, if you, if you ever get in a, start getting a fight and you, and you think, man, the guy's going to be tough for her, he said, you got to bluff your way out of it. So I thought, okay. So I said, when I saw that I wasn't going get, to get by with this, I said, I said, look, if I have to put this garbage can down, you better mean business. And I thought, hey, that was cool. <laughs> and uh, he said, put it down. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. <clears throat> My dad never told me what to do if they called your bluff. Okay. He just said, oh, you bluff, you bluff, you just bluff it in there. You, you know, and uh, dad's telling the story, oh, wow, that, that, that's really cool. Man, you were really tough. And uh, of course, he never told me the stories when he got beat up, but because he did, his bluff didn't work. But, and I, I thought, man, I've come this, I, I will double down on stupid. And uh, so I said, I'm serious. I said, don't make me put this garbage can down because we're going to go at it and you're going to be sorry. He said, put it down. This is, your, <clears throat> this is your last warning. I said, if I put this down, buddy, you better be ready to fight. And in my mind, I, I went through Romans Road, all of sin and come ashore of the glory of God. Okay, I've done that and made sure I was saved. And I said, okay. And I thought, here it goes. I said, when I get up to heaven, I'm going to say, Dad, didn't work. I put the garbage can down. And I went, whoa. And he goes, I was just kidding, man. I said, good for you, bro. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to put you in the garbage can and take you out with the trash, buddy. <laughs> Woo! And we became friends after that. I never did tell him. I was just bumping. And I would, you, would have, you would have wrapped me around a tree. You know, what he didn't realize, he could have finished me off. But he never started. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And um, he, didn't, he couldn't finish me because he didn't start on me. And, and you know, so many times in life, we, 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 I think we're going to miss, and we have missed. We already have missed things in our lives that we could have accomplished because we never got started. Where would, where would you be? Where would I be in my life today spiritually had I started doing something? Maybe that I'm doing now. And if you're doing it now, praise the Lord. But I wonder where I'd be now if I'd started even sooner. I wonder what Sins I might have, have missed. I wonder what uh, blessings that, 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 uh, oh, I, I, that were passed by because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. Maybe I'm doing some of those things today. What have we missed? But 
look, we can't cry over spilt milk, so to speak, but what is it today I can say? What is it that you might miss? The truth is we don't know what we'll miss. At least we, we don't know now. We may find out, I, I, perhaps at the judgment seat of Christ, the beamer seat, the Lord will say, man, I wanted to do this, and I wanted to use you to do this, and, and I could have done this with you. Wow, but you never, you never started. You, you, wanted, you intended to read your Bible every day. You heard your preacher tell you to. You heard preachers come through. You got to get in the Word of God. You got to read your Bible every day. And you intended to. And you meant to. And you were going to. But you never started. Good intentions. Someone said the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I've talked to people. And uh, boy, they, you see them under conviction, witness to them. Would you, you want to get saved? Well, not, not right now. But I'm going to. I'm going to get saved. I'm going to trust the Lord. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. But, but, but not, not today. Not right now. I intend to. Hell is full and will continue to fill up with people that maybe intended to get saved. Maybe intended to, to deal with their soul. Maybe intended to go to God and humble themselves and, and acknowledge their sin and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But they never did. And, and I think most of us here, there may be some that haven't been saved. And what today's the day. Well, don't put that off. Now's the time to get saved. Boast yeah. not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Yeah. Your life is just a vapor. Right. We don't know what, whereas we know not what shall be on tomorrow. Our life's just a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Yeah. If we're going to do something, we need to do it now. And if you're saved, you say, okay, well, I'm saved. I'm glad, and praise the Lord. I, that's, that's a wonderful assurance to have. But don't just ride on that. Well, I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. That's the main thing. That is the main thing, but it's not the only thing. And there are things that you know, and maybe just me talking about it, bringing them back to your mind. It's that thing you're thinking of right now. Yep. Holy Spirit's bringing your mind. I'm telling you again, you need to start doing that. You need to start reading your Bible. You need to start praying. I mean, not just every now and then, but consistently every day. In fact, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. You need to get serious about your walk with God instead of just kind of here and there. And when every now and then you feel like, oh, I guess I better read my Bible. I'm going through a difficult time, so I'm going to read my Bible. But I mean reading your Bible, and I'm talking to young people here. I'm talking to young kids, and I'm talking to teenagers. I'm talking to all of us here, young and old. You better get in that Bible and you better read that Bible and you better start doing it now. There's going to come a time when you may not want to at all. You may not have the desire to at all, but you better get it done. You got to start in order to finish. If you don't start that, you're never going to finish right. You're never going to be able to accomplish those things that God has for your life. Maybe it's giving. I don't know who gives and who doesn't. Pastor gave me a list, but I, but I didn't recognize all the names. I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I don't know who, maybe everybody ties. Wouldn't that be awesome? But I, I, there's probably not a church in America where that's true. And I know it's not true in my church. I don't know who, who does and who doesn't, except when I preach on it and I'm looking for the squirmers. Ah, there's one. No, I don't, I don't do that. But uh, yeah, I, I need to tithe. And you know what? I'm going to tithe, preacher. Soon as I get, man, I got a few things. I got some bills. I got some things I need to pay off. And I got, you know, I got some financial things. I just got to move around. And once I get that squared away... I am going to start tithing. No, you won't. You don't, if you don't start, you're not going to do it. You're not going to finish your race 
as God wants you to finish it, if you don't start their thing, what is it today? I don't know what it is for you. It may be something I've mentioned. It may be something I haven't mentioned. But what is it today? Maybe young people, maybe it's obeying your parents. Your parents say, when are you going to do what I say? Well, why don't young person want you to decide? I'm, today, from now on, I'm not going to debate my parents. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to talk back. If they ask me to do something, if they tell me to do something, I'm just going to do it. Why don't you start tonight? Let tonight be the night where you say, I am going to start obeying my mom and dad. What is it for you that you know you need to start? And you've got a million reasons why not yet time. It's going to be. Maybe you've got the time picked out. But God wants you to start today. you got to start in order to finish. Okay. Let's review. Title of my sermon is Start to Finish. Point number one, start to finish. You got to start in order to finish. Point number two, start to finish. So I thought that was the title and point number one. It is, but I just couldn't think of anything else, so I put it again there. Just to reiterate the point. So what, what, okay, start to finish. You got to start in order to finish. Oh, wait a minute. Different emphasis. You got to start to finish. You start not to, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start it, but I don't know how I'm going to go with that. I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to get married and we're going to try to make it work. If it doesn't work, then that's okay. Wait, you started to fail? You started to quit? You began something not having the goal of finishing it? Hey, you got to start in order to finish. But if you're going to start something, start it with the goal in mind. I'm going to start in order to finish what I start. Start to finish. Start with the goal. I am going to, to stick with this. When I got married in 1982, and uh, uh, my, I, I made a commitment in front of God and everybody. And well, you had this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold uh, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and health, to death do you part. And I said, can I think about that a minute? <laughs> I didn't say, I'll try. I will, she will. Well, as long as she does her part, I'm going to do my part. No, 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 no. I said, I do. When I said that, I made a promise. Not a conditional promise. I made a commitment to stay with her till death do us part. And she made that same commitment. Now, she's tried to kill me a few times to get out of it, but <laughs> hey, you know, that's... 30, we'll be married 39 years in, in uh, July. And, I, you know, I, I will stay. I made that promise. I, I, did, I didn't get married to try it out. I didn't get married to see, well, we'll see if it works. You know, by the way, when divorce is not, and, and, and if you're here and you're divorced, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. We have divorced people in our church, and they're good people, and they're good, faithful people. Look, everybody's made mistakes in their lives. It may just be different things. But, but whoever you're with, Person you're married to, stick with it. Decide that, 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 that we're going to stay. We're going to stay faithful. We're going to love one another. Be faithful to God's house. Decide, well, I'm going to come to church and just see how it goes. What do you mean you're going to see how it goes? I, I think my Bible says in Hebrews, forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. God didn't give me an exit clause. God didn't give me a, well, as long as clause. I said, don't forsake it. For how long? My Bible talks about being faithful until 
death. I want to be faithful if it's right to do and right to be faithful to. I want to be faithful to it till the day I die. I remember surrendering to preach as a 19-year-old boy. And, and, and the preacher said, uh, Brother Andy, I was, uh, uh, you want to say something? I remember stepping down. Uh, it, uh, I was up at the pulpit. He called me to pull me, and, and I stepped down. He said, I said, I just want to tell you, folks, God's called me to preach. And, and I, with God's help, I want to preach till the day I die. And that was nearly 42 years ago. I'm pastoring that church today. And I, I, I just, I, I mean, there, there may come a time I have to retire. I told my people, I said, if I just kind of sit there and stare and, and drool starts coming out and uh, just come up, take me under each arm and just kind of shuffle me off. And I, and I also told him, I said, if I start preaching heresy, shoot me. I said, now make sure you know it's heresy. Don't shoot me. Say, oh, I thought he said this. Oh, you know, make sure. I didn't start preaching just to do it for a little while and, and see how it worked out. And, and I love it. And I, you know, to do something for 42 years and still love doing it, wow. And, and I, knew God, I knew God called me to do that. Uh, don't have a backup plan for doing right. Well, if I don't do right, I can always do this. And if I, if I get out of church, at least I can do this. Don't have an escape plan. Man, you guys, several here in law enforcement, and you know, one of, the, one of the big goals, every shift, is to come home. And I think about that. Now, I pray for other things. I said, the first thing I pray for when I go out to ride and uh, go on patrol or whatever it might be, I say, Lord, help me not to disgrace your name in any way. Help me to bring honor to you. Whatever I say, whatever I do, help me not to say anything, do anything that uh, would go against the, the Bible or against my Christian faith. And I say, Lord, help me not to do anything stupid or illegal or, or hurt somebody unnecessarily. Now, if I need to hurt somebody that needs hurting, help me to do it with love and grace. But uh, I, 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 I don't want to have to ever shoot anybody. I don't want to have to ever, you know, uh, if I don't have to, Lord, help me. And I say, Lord, help, us to, help, us, help me and the guys on our shift help us to come home. Help us to come home safe. And, you know, you, you, you've got to have this mindset with life. I, I'm, I'm going to stay with it. I, I'm going to keep on keeping on. Uh, what do you do if it doesn't work out for you to do right? Well, well, I just do wrong. No, wait, wait, wait a minute. You, you, I don't want a backup plan for if I, if I don't do right. My, my backup plan is, I ask God to forgive me, then I get back right again. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What about your heart tonight? What is it that God wants you to do? Have you determined in your heart already that you're going to stay with it? You're going to keep on doing it? You're going to keep on being faithful? All right, let's review real quickly. Not title our messages. Start to finish. Point number one. Start to finish. You got to start. In order to finish. Point number two is start to finish. You got to start with the goal to finish. Anybody want to guess what point number three is? No, it's do your best for God. Do. 
You're right. You know more about my sermon than I do. <laughs> Point number three, start to finish. What's left? Two. I'm just kidding. It's not, that's not the point. Okay, point number one, you start. You got to start if you're going to finish something. So whatever it is you need to start, get busy. You got to start with a goal in mind to finish. Not of quitting. Not, not, there's not a way out. There's not a, an escape plan. There's not an alternate plan. No, the will of God is what I'm going to do. If I fail in something, I'll confess it. I'll get it right. But I'll get back up and I'll get back serving God. Point number three, start to finish. The Christian life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It starts. We don't know when it ends. But our goal should be to go with it, stay with it from start, all the way to the finish. It's endurance. It's staying faithful from start all through life, all through trials, all through difficulties, all through times when we want to quit, all through times when we're tempted and, and, and sometimes we fail and a just man falls seven times, but he rises up again. Why does he rise up again? Because he didn't start to fail. Uh, he, he started to finish and he realizes or she realizes that the Christian life, I've got to stay with it. I can't quit here. I can't quit here. Now for me, you know, I'm in my 60s now, and I don't know how much longer I've got. I'm, I'm closer to the end of my race than the beginning of my race. I don't want to get almost to the end and say, okay, I quit. I want to hear the words from my Savior, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. And I cannot hear those words unless I finish my race, unless I stay with it from the start all the way to the finish. Now, things happen in our lives that'll discourage us from doing that. There may be something going on in your life right now. You say, I just don't know if I can make it any longer. I, I, I meant to, and I'm trying to, and I want to finish, but it's just so hard right now. There will always come times in your life when it's just so hard. When I was a boy, something happened in my life that seemed like a tragedy, but it turned out to be a blessing. When I was five years old, I suffered a, a fall. It was a debilitating injury. I, another kid didn't mean to, but he pushed me. And uh, there was a set of stairs that went down, concrete stairs. I didn't roll down the stairs. I, hit, I landed on the bottom stair, step. And uh, I cut my lip. I had to go to the hospital to get stitches. They did some x-rays, no broken bones. But, uh, but it had done some damage to my hip. And I ended up having to go to Memphis, Tennessee. Went to the specialist there called Campbell's Clinic. And um, doctor said, here's what's wrong. And said, the only way he can be cured is he's going to have to stay off his leg. Now, I remember going into a, a wheelchair. And I didn't know how long it would last. But I remember, thankfully, my parents stayed faithful to church and faithful to God, and faithful, their attitude and their spirit was right. They always had that to look to. But I remember every night, and I had to sleep in traction, and uh, they, had to, they had to wrap my legs, and there was weights that hung off the end of the bed. And he said, son, you want to sleep on your back or your stomach tonight? Because I couldn't, I couldn't roll over. And I'd some, most time I said, I'll sleep on my back. Every night I said, I want to sleep on my stomach tonight. 
And now when I sleep, I'm like a pancake. I'm all over the place, you know, after those years. And, 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 and so uh, I, he'd put that on, and that weight would be on there all night. The dad, dad would come in in the morning and take him off. And, but I remember every night, I remember like it was yesterday. This was, this was 1965. And I remember every single night praying myself to sleep. It, I wasn't sad. I wasn't distraught. I just prayed every night. Lord, help my leg to get well. Remember those, those words. Help my leg to get well. Help my leg to get well. And I would go to sleep. The last thing I remembered was saying, help my leg to get well. Sometimes I might have said it twice. <laughs> conked out. Sometimes I might have said it a hundred times. And I remember waking up, waking up every morning the next day and saying, Lord, help my leg to get well. Help my leg to get well. And throughout the day, and we'd drive, that was, back in the day, it was about a three-hour drive to, to Memphis. And every so many months, we had to go there and I'd get a checkup. And I remember in the back of that old Country Squire Ford station wagon, laying in the back of that, we leave early in the morning. And I remember laying back there, my twin brother, and I, I'd, I'd look up at the, the top of the, of the ceiling of that, of that Ford, and I remember praying all the way, Lord, help my leg to get well, help my leg to get well. And I prayed that for a month, and six months, then a year, then two years, then three years, then four years, and five years. And the whole time, my family stayed faithful to the house of God. The whole time, my family attitude, the spirit, was great. We live, uh, we built a house right where my grandmother lived. We live right next door to them. My parents live next door to me now. We tore down her grandma's house. It was, she died many years ago. House just sat there and just dilapidated. And for something you can do in Kentucky, we dug a 25-foot hole, buried grandma's house. Now, grandma wasn't there. She was already, you know, I just wanted you to know that. But um, we buried grandma's house there. We built, and, and there was a lot of buildings on there. There's one barn right behind my house, and it's kind of dilapidated, but, it, but it's still there. And I didn't know this till, till, till years later, but my, my parents told me, your granddaddy used to go to that loft, the hay loft, and he'd pray for you, that God would heal you. And I remember praying year after year after year, and I remember that, that particular trip going back to, to Memphis. And I walked into the doctors, and they did the x-rays and all the tests, and the doctor said, Stand up, Andy. And I stood up, and I, I hadn't walked for five years. I was 10 years old, and I'd forgotten how to walk. And he, he kind of held me and said, take a step. And it was really awkward. I mean, I was, you wouldn't think a 10-year-old would have to learn how to walk, but it was kind of, it didn't hurt, but it was just, it was just the most awkward thing. And, and, and I kept taking some steps, and he said, you're cured. Well, and well, I remember my parents, they were crying. We were so happy and we were rejoicing. And you know what? I, I, God taught me something as a little boy. He taught me to talk to him and to walk with him and to spend time with him. I didn't know I was going to be a preacher. And that's what I did for a living. But God knew that. The thing I enjoy more than anything else, I'll come into my auditorium and the lights will be off and there's sometimes just enough light from the outside 
where I can see in every day, every day of my life, I walk and I just talk to God. And it, it's so, I enjoy it so much. And, and of all, I love to preach. But the thing I think I enjoy the most is being able to get along with God and talk to Him. Because I learned to talk to Him when I was five and six and seven and eight and nine and ten. It seemed like an eternity. It looked like maybe I was never going to walk again. But I, but I always had hope in my mind. God's going to let me walk. I'm going to walk again. God's going to let me walk again. And, and, and I, I'm so, I am so grateful. I wouldn't, there's a lot of things I didn't get to do during those years. I couldn't run. I watched my brother. I watched others on the playground, kids play. And I just had to sit there and watch. But there's something in my heart. I can't explain it. Just to keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. And 42 years in the ministry just seems like so quickly. And, and I'm not thinking, okay, I got to find a way out of this. I'm like, I just want to keep doing this. I just want to keep doing this. I started something and I want to go until God says it's time to stop. Whether it's by death or God says, you know, I'm going to make you where you can't do it anymore. It's God's job to determine my stopping place, not me. Start to finish. What is it in your Christian life that you need to start doing? God's spoken to you about it tonight. And maybe you don't, maybe, maybe he hasn't. Maybe you, you say, well, I don't know what it is. And maybe tonight you'll want to pray and say, Lord, would you show me? Would you show me what it is? Young people, ask God to show you. Teenagers, single adults, married couples, senior saints. God, would you just show me? What is that, what is that I need to be doing that I'm not doing? Lord, if you'll show me with your help, I'll do it. Start. You got to start if you're going to finish. And then as you, maybe you've already started things or you're going to start something. If you have or when you do, your goal is to finish. Don't start. So, well, yeah, I'm going to give this a little shot. Just see how it works. And, and if it's, look, if God wants you to do it, let God be the one that stops you. Not your job. Not my, it's not my job to say, okay, God, I, I can't do this anymore. No, it's God's job to say, you're not doing this anymore. Start in order to finish. And then realize this, that life is like a marathon. It's not over real quick. It, 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 it's a long race. And there are happy times and there are sad times. And there are encouraging times and there are discouraging times. And there's times when you just feel like you can't, Go another step and you can't make it another day and how am I going to survive tomorrow? But realize something. God's in charge. And if you let him be in charge of your life, you say, Lord, I'm just going to keep going. I can do all things through Christ. So Lord, if you'll help me, I'll just put one foot in front of the other. I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow, but I just got to make it through today. And if you'll help me, God, I'll stick with it all the way from the start. Every step, I don't know how many steps it's going to be, but I'm going to keep walking to Lord, you say, stop. Not when I say stop, not when someone else says stop, but when God says stop. Start to finish. That's how you'll make it in life. Let's pray. Father, help us to whatever quit we have in us to get it out. Whatever in us that says, I, I, I don't think I can make it much further. Don't talk like that. Don't think like that. 
Not only is it negative and defeatist, it's not, it's not scriptural. It's not biblical. It's not spiritually healthy. Lord Jesus, he began something and he stayed with it. When he was able to say on the cross, to tell us it is finished. He began the work and he finished the work and because he began, he's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Because he began that work and he finished that work, you and I have that marvelous hope of eternal life in a place called heaven. Had he stopped anywhere along the way, we would be doomed to hell. He set the example. He showed us how to run our race. Tonight, it's up to us to decide that we're going to start to finish. It may be tough. You may be going through something right now that seems overwhelming, but God knows what it is, and God will help you through it if you'll determine you're going to finish the race. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.